Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so Mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Ahoy and welcome to the Open Journal podcast and to episode 215. I hope you are well out there. I hope you're enjoying this lovely weather we're having. Is this this spring weather? I don't know. It's just, yeah, good good weather and hopefully some good times with uh, half term, for those that are involved in half terms, coming up um, next week and uh, continued changes to our our kind of lockdown social restrictions uh lifting slightly to some extent um so hopefully you're able to kind of uh go and see some of those people you've not been able to see and um kind of interact in the socially distanced and rule compliant ways uh but yeah things feel a little bit nicer this week i think I, i do think it's mainly the sun at the start of the week it does set me up for for a more positive outlook on life i think sun on a monday is a good thing so yes i i hope you are well hope you're enjoying the sun and everything that's that's going on at the moment uh in this week's episode we're joined by another new guest uh tommy is going to be with us today and we're going to be talking through uh, a couple of different topics but mainly focusing in on kind of uh, male identity particularly around kind of body image uh we're talking a little bit about eating disorders and some of the different ways that people can be affected um and really looking at kind of humanizing our bodies and some of the behaviors that we have around kind of self-identity and validation as well so a really interesting conversation massive thank you to Tommy for coming on for sharing his experiences and insights I think it's hugely valuable when people are able to 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 share their own lived experience so a massive thank you to Tommy um and yeah so a a slight trigger warning for this episode where we are talking about um kind of body image and eating disorder uh there is we do kind of mention some of the things that 
people might do is some of the negative behaviours around that. So if this sounds like an episode that might be slightly difficult for you to listen to, um, that is no worries at all. Please feel free to skip on to the next or a previous episode of the podcast. But for all of those continuing to listen to this episode, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, as always there's going to be links at the end of the episode and in the show notes as well so if you want to find out a little bit more about Tommy or some of the projects and activities that he mentions do check out those links as well if you yeah you if you listening uh, would be interested in coming onto the podcast in the future to share your own experiences or insights you can find information on the website which is openjournalbc.com so go and have a look there get in contact let me know if you'd be willing to come on and and share some of your thoughts as well but until then i hope you have a great day and enjoy this week's episode So Tommy, it's really nice to to sit down and have a chat with you at what's turned out to be quite a sunny day for us, actually, quite surprisingly. Um, but how's your how's your last couple of days? How's the last week been for you? They've been good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for involving me in the discussion. My last few days have been they've been okay. You know, um, seven days ago is really the same as yesterday in this in this <laughs> lockdown stuff. But uh, you know, it's nice. You just have to stay optimistic and hopefully by summer this year we should be back to some sort of normality that's what i'm hoping for anyways i am trying to make a few plans this summer to just make the most of the year what about you oh that's good i like that yeah i i think i feel like it's trying to essentially trying to do what you're doing is is just putting a couple of things in place to kind of look forward to and and hopefully have happen later on in the year um i feel kind of very aware that it's, it's going to be a gradual return to, right, to yeah. what things are going to be like um and i think so many people have experienced the last year in different ways because of personal lived experiences because of employment housing so it's a real difficult one to to go through and to know what to expect and i think there's so many things that have changed i mean i've become a essentially a remote worker now um the office i used to work in is, is now gone um so yeah it's just lots of lots of changes for people but hopefully being able to see that um i guess roadmap that guidance that that there is a plan it might change a little bit but we've got an idea and hopefully got something to to look forward to later on this year i think so yeah you're right you know there has been a lot of change and i think you're right you know the roadmap is providing everybody with a little bit of optimism certainly me anyways mm. and it's going to be interesting to see when we do come out of this and all of the change that has happened and how we adapt to that um yeah it's going to be some interesting few months ahead yeah definitely and i think that's i don't know that feels like that's the difference for me is that like you say it can change i guess it could get ripped up but there i feel like just having a bit of guidance rather than last year just felt like I just didn't know what was happening. So I'm hoping that that kind of provides a bit of, of security and a bit of comfort to people that might have been struggling with a range of different things over the last year. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's really nice to, to be sat down. Welcome onto the podcast. I think um, there's a few different things that would be interesting to, to talk to you about, but just kind of first off to, to introduce yourself to everyone. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tommy, and um, kind of what's led us to, to being sat down and having a conversation today? 
Yeah, sure. So for anybody who doesn't know me, I um, am an actor and a model. Um, you may have seen me from a few different films. I've uh, been in Thor 2, um, The Last Full Measure, a movie called Criminal. Um, and I've done some modeling campaigns for Ray-Ban and GQ. Um, and what really, I suppose, how we've came to this position of talking is over the last couple of years, I've really been able to acknowledge how lucky I am in terms of what I get to do for a living and the platform that I have and the audience reach that I have. And in the last year or so, it's been so important for me to try and use my platform to talk about issues that I faced growing up and faced early on in my career um, in regards to sort of self-esteem and body image. And it's kind of over the past year during the lockdown, I've been writing a book like a self-help memoir style kind of book, really to push the conversation in terms of people's self-esteem. So I think this is where I really feel comfortable talking. Um, and I've kind of almost discovered my purpose in a way in talking about these issues. It's having that opportunity, isn't it? I think we they're often like really important conversations that we, we struggle to start or know kind of what the platform or what the best platform is for those um and I think it's really important that kind of we have those conversations starting but encouraging people to recognize the platforms that they do already have um and how to to host and how to get started in those conversations I do you know sometimes and talking from experience you know when you think especially in this world of social media, I've been guilty of it. I, you know, people have reached out to me and they say, and, and I, you know, people have reached out to me and said, you know, I wish I had your life or, you know, and I've done that to other people. I've looked at people's Instagrams and think, my God, you know, those, those people have such the perfect life. You know, I want a body like them. I want to look like them. I want to live a life like them. And it's, what you see and what I've discovered working in the industry is that everything that you see isn't necessarily reality. You know, everything can be manipulated. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to spread a message to people and say, you know, don't believe everything you see. Um, you know, everything can be sort of rose tinted. Mm. And that we all go through those insecurities that even the person that when people say to me, you know, I wish I had your body, Tommy, or I wish I had a life like yours, that even I think that about somebody else, you know, so it's all very relative. We're all the same. I have the same insecurities as somebody else. And I think that's important to note that when people are envious, I suppose, of people in the public eye is that those people in the public eye also have those insecurities, too. And that's what makes us all the same on a human level. I think it's interesting that you you mentioned there a couple of things and, and thank you for sharing that. I think there's that idea that we are um, kind of sold or aspire to to certain body types, certain images that, that like you say, have been edited and have been kind of tailored to um, look kind of air quotes and, better and, or prettier or whatever. But it's also, I think, the sometimes even though we know that even though we know that image has been edited we still feel a need to look 
like the person who we know doesn't look like that there's that kind of self pressure that you put in place as well exactly you're right you know we we do know these things we we hear that photos are photoshopped and they're edited you know but there's so much i growing up i remember looking at the men's health magazines and you know i wasn't in shape i wasn't interested in sports when i was growing up at school and it's only recently where i've really educated myself on fitness and health but when i was at school and i would see these you know men on the cover of magazines and think you know i wish my muscles looked like that i wish i had a six pack like that even though i know that it goes through the photoshop process like you said you still aspire and you still have that image in your head and now kind of being in the industry and being on the other side of that i've noticed that it isn't just photoshop that happens you know i there are many different kind of tricks to not just for in terms of being on a magazine but for you being on instagram so you know something that i i wouldn't encourage people to do um but i will share with you is that you know when 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 i'm taking photographs for photo shoots is that it's always advised that you should have salty foods and that you shouldn't drink water because it drains the water out of your body so you look more toned you know that what you see sometimes on instagram isn't a realistic i image of what the person looks like day to day you know there are many different ways to manipulate your body in that moment um you know most of the days i don't have a six pack as such you know it's just sometimes there are, there are tricks like you like i said mm. um that can can help with that um it's not a healthy way to do things and i think that's what people need to realize is that when sometimes when you see photographs even though you might think it's photoshopped there are also other factors and components into how that body has been projected to you i think so and i think you kind of remind me of um i think i feel like it was last year it could have been the year before timelines are quite a hard thing to work out at the moment um but there seemed to be kind of that um greater awareness online I remember seeing a few kind of social media posts where um it would just be kind of someone stood in their room in two different poses and they're like this is me seconds apart um but taking the the picture at a slightly different angle with a slightly different pose that person and their body looks completely different um and it's again trying to trying to get that into our understanding and more so I guess our consciousness that um that that picture is not what someone looks like all of the time um and like you say it's really important to hear that from the person that's on the other side of the camera yeah no I again you know and I'm you know I I'm the same as everybody else and the people that you see are the same as everybody else we all have we all share the same insecurities and I think you know no matter who we are um we're all human at the end of the day and we all go through the same emotions and i think it is just opening up that conversation and i suppose humanizing everybody mm-hmm. you know making the people that you see on instagram human as well and know that they go through the same emotions and the same insecurities as you do and know that you know it's okay to feel insecure sometimes you know and, and it's, it's also okay to know that somebody else feels insecure because it's something that you can relate with them on um I, it sounds strange um but it it is nice sometimes to to hear somebody else kind of feel the same way that you do and that you're not alone in those feelings i think so and i think it's i would say it comes across a lot in 
um, in the different conversations I've had with people where they kind of go into some of their personal stories and, and, and talk on different um, illnesses or certain symptoms. Um, and I think hearing someone's experience can be really validating of, of what someone else is going through to know, you know, I'm not the only person or that someone else has had a similar experience or had similar thoughts. And I think with, with I don't want to say all, but with many mental health illnesses very quickly I think you can become quite isolated and quite insular um, and that can be around uh, yeah a, a range of different illnesses and I think when we're talking about the when we're talking about the body about the way that we treat ourselves um, and, and forms of I guess harm that we could do to ourselves as well including kind of different types of of eating or activity there's there's lots of things that we can do kind of in private so i think having these conversations out in the open and encouraging people to to engage in these conversations feels like a very important thing to do yeah i totally agree you know and it's the same when i was growing up and looking at sort of aspiring to look and have the perfect body that i saw um, I did feel very alone, you know, I was thinking maybe this is only me, maybe I'm the one who feels like this, everybody else around me seems very content. Um, that isn't always the case, it's, you know, most of the time not always the case, um, people hide it well. But it was something that really did affect me growing up, you know, I was very insecure, I had very low self-esteem growing up because I didn't have a lot of confidence in who I was and what I looked like. You know, growing up, I almost experienced some sort of identity crisis. You know, my my father is British, my mother is from Thailand. Uh, I didn't grow up with peers around me who had a similar sort of ethnic mix like me. Um, so I was dealing with that, and then I was also dealing that I wasn't the best in shape, and I, you know, I was single. I didn't have a girlfriend, and you know, my friends were starting to date, and. I was feeling, you know, oh, my God, you know, something's wrong with me, you know, and I don't look like the guys on the magazine. or I don't look like the people in the music videos. And so for me, that's when I developed a very unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. You know, I did have an eating disorder. Um, I was very skinny. Uh, and because I didn't know how to educate myself fully on health and fitness, you know, I was exercising all of the time eating as little calories as I possibly could and then when the weight started to drop off and I would get compliments it felt nice you know what I mean and mm -hmm. that wasn't enough for me you know when the compliments started to kind of drift away and it was okay you know he's he's slimmed down he's lost some weight I wanted that buzz again so then I would go even more extreme and I would make myself sick after every meal to try and lose more weight because I wanted that validation and I've come to realize, and again, this is part of my journey in terms of what I feel is my purpose, is saying to people that you don't need to be validated by any other person. You know, you should be content. You should measure your happiness by your own standards. Um, you should measure your confidence and self-esteem by your own standards. And because at the time I didn't, I didn't do that. I was always seeking validation from other people whether tell, whether that was people telling me that I looked good or I looked better. Um, and that spurred me on to even continue losing more weight, exercising more. Yeah, I think that it kind of really echoes in my mind of, of 
that idea that we, I guess, societally, <laughs> um, we we place value in in places that I don't want to say we shouldn't, but maybe that we shouldn't, and, and we definitely kind of miscommunicate certain things. And I think um, again, kind of when you're mentioning that you're kind of doing these things to your body to look a certain way and receiving those positive comments of kind of oh you look good or um you're looking better than you did before and it's we sort of we naturally kind of reinforce potentially some of this quite dangerous behavior um by making that assumption that everyone needs to look this way or everyone wants to look this way rather than maybe potentially just like asking that question first of um how someone feels or if there's been a change in them like kind of reflecting on that like oh I've noticed that there's a bit of a change um in you like has anything been going on recently and leave it up to them to reply whether that's been a positive or negative thing because it it does feel like that yeah to some extent I think that we we reinforce that as society as as the friends as the colleagues as the family members is that kind of your impression it's a bit of a loaded question there yeah it's it, you know what it's it's i don't want to say to people you know let's stop giving people compliments because who knows what impact it could have um you know that's not yeah i think you know we should be complimenting each other all the time mm. i just think i suppose you know and again you know as, as friends said to me they they didn't intentionally say mm. it and cause me to you know try and go down the rabbit hole even more that was my own doing mm. um it's it's a very fine line to walk i think but perhaps thinking about it maybe just understanding why somebody is doing something and you know wow you know you look good um but you know what's your goal what what are you trying mm -hmm. to achieve maybe opening up the conversation a little bit more so then like you said that the the person who's going through that kind of has to speak out and talk about, okay, this is why I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing it because I want to look good. And then the rebuttal to that can be the friend can say, well, you already look good. You know, you don't mm. need to, you don't need to lose any more weight um, or whatever it is. Mm. I think, you know, I don't want to get into a culture where we stop paying compliments or we're second guessing compliments mm. um, because, you know, I know, compliments are nice to hear they're always yeah. nice to hear i think it's just maybe maybe just elaborating on something and just trying to find out the reasons why somebody is doing something are they doing it for themselves are they doing it for somebody else you know and just reinforcing that whatever decision they're making they're doing it because they are wanting to be happy yeah i think there's some really good points there and, and I like it when you don't outright just agree with me when there's a slightly different twist I like that there's a bit of learning <laughs> for me as well that I think it's interesting kind of we meant you you mentioned earlier on kind of your experience in terms of the workplace as well being um potentially quite different to to many of our listeners where you're kind of involved with with, with films and media and photography and um areas or fields where I'm going to make an assumption here that there is more attention put on on how you look and how you appear um but we've just spoken for the last kind of 20 minutes or so about things that are i think fairly general across the population that everyone will be affected by or be able to feed into those conversations do you feel like there is a difference between kind of most people's day-to-day -day conversations and 
um, kind of the the media side of TV films and photography? Um, you know, it's funny. So I, I was doing a, another interview uh, a few weeks ago and they asked me and, you know, I was talking about sort of the, this body image campaign that I'm mm. pushing. And they asked me, you know, are you really the right person to be talking about this? Are you, you know, because you're in the industry, you know, and you make a living from the way you look, are you really somebody who can talk about body image issues and sort of insecurities? Mm. And I did reply and I said, you know, it it affects me, you know, I'm, although this is my career and I chose to do this and I put an emphasis on the way I look, it's still, I'm still human at the end of the day. I'm still the same as somebody who absorbs that media. Um, I'm just on the other side of the camera, you know? Mm. And I think the conversations that, that I have and what I've seen in the industry, there is almost a greater pressure in terms of these types of conversations because, and, you know, it, I will admit, you know, we put ourselves in that position if we take that career path. Um, but there is a pressure to look a certain way. And I think, you know, when you're in that industry, there is a pressure to to always look good. Um, you know, when I say, you know, I, you know, I've, I've done modeling and it's not just sort of posting myself on Instagram, but, you know, actually working for, for brands. And mm. when people hear you say that, then they kind of place you on a, pedestal I guess that wow you you must be really in shape and you must be looking good and there is a pressure for me to keep up with those expectations um so you know why wouldn't I have those insecurities that just somebody else would have who works in a different industry I think the conversations are always going to be the same yeah I think that that makes it and again kind of I guess reinforces like you say we've just been talking for 20 minutes about things that feel very relevant for for people across the board and I guess it's that side of you sort of say, oh, why, why could or couldn't you speak on this? And I think actually, as we mentioned earlier, it's really important that people are in, in different places and different settings are talking about this, that we don't make an assumption that when we're talking about depression, it looks like this one case study. When we're talking about eating disorders, it looks like this one person's story. Um, hearing people speak from from different experiences and um different points of view different fields of employment i think is really important and gives that insight to um to what's going on and we can accept yes this is you know this is your experience and will be vastly different to someone else's but there's going to be a lot of similarities and a lot of things that when we're talking about conversations education around the the, the way we speak about this the things that do happen to um, images before we see them the way that we receive those images there's lots to be picked up on and um, it's sometimes recognizing not just that you can speak about it but the the benefits of having someone that is in an industry that arguably focuses in on your appearance actually it's really important to utilize the people that are there to say look these are some of the things that happens this is what happens to the image before you see it um, these are maybe some of the reasons why that happens helps to gradually over time I think educate people um, to to gradually break down our our expectations of that so we can appreciate this is a lovely picture of a lovely person that's great but I don't feel the need to go I must look like that because I can quite quickly identify that so many things have happened before I've seen that image and I think as we mentioned there's a there's still that big gap between 
kind of knowing something and actually kind of really consciously knowing it if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no i totally agree it is that it it is that consciousness you know it is we although we know these things automatically mm. we think okay it's, i still need to look like that yeah and you know i just want to remind people i suppose that you know just because you see those images does not make those people it does not make me better than you you know we're all the same you know just because i look a certain way you know that i suppose that is my usp in a way but you have everybody has their own usp you know that their usp is in your individuality is in the way you look because there is no other person that looks like you and i think that's the thing that i constantly remind myself when i try to compare myself to other people or i feel inferior to other people is that me and who i am makes me unique and that is my selling point and that mm. is that is what i should be celebrating and that's what i would encourage other people to do is that the, who you are nobody can take that away from you mm. yeah i think that's a, a really good point to um, kind of round off that part of the conversation there, I think. Um, you've also mentioned a couple of times the, some of the other work that you're doing in the um, different projects and, and your your book as well. There's a few different things going on, so it'd be interesting to hear kind of a little bit about the kind of the activism um, and the projects that you're involved with. Yeah, so like I said, you know, we're writing the book at the moment and it's hopefully going to be out at the end of this year it's been a very long process to really get it right and to really collaborate with people in the industry who I've been so for fortunate to collaborate with you know being so lucky to work in this industry I've had access to some of the best personal trainers in the world some of the best nutritionists and dermatologists in really encouraging me to be the be my best self and that is the message that I want to encourage to other people you know I want people to really own who they are, shine their own light and, you know, accept themselves and celebrate themselves. And I think to be the best version of yourself, you have to educate yourself. It's what I've done in terms of where I am now in terms of health and fitness. Like I say, 10 years ago, I was a completely different person because I didn't know the best way to look after my body um, now through life and where it's taken me I've been able to learn you know the foods that we should be eating to really enhance our bodies not just sort of aesthetically but mm. internally as well you know and how to look after our gut health and our body health and how to sort of manage our self-esteem and you know I am a big fan of affirmations um, you know I wake up and I as cheesy as it sounds I you know I look in the mirror and I say daily affirmations it is part of my mindset to help me get ready for the day. Those are the things I want to share in the book. Um, I share sort of my, I've been writing journals. I find writing very therapeutic for me to get out my emotions and sort of just my day-to-day -day activity. So kind of using those journals that I've written over the year, putting them into the book and just going through all of the hardship, I suppose, that I've gone through in terms of growing up not just, uh, you know, as an ethnic minority, not just as a young male um, who's experiencing body image issues, um, you know, but also navigating myself through a career that I never thought that I could go into and getting those constant rejections and talking about that side of the industry, as well as, like I said, collaborating with some of the best experts in the world on how to look after your skin, look after your body, 
you know, in terms of health and fitness. So it's really a great partnership in terms of the book. And it really just talks about just being your best self and just really owning who you are and accepting your flaws because that's what makes us beautiful. And I guess the message at the end of the day is just really to love yourself. You know, that everybody, it goes back to our uniqueness is in our individuality. And that's really what I've wanted to push throughout the last few months when I've been doing some of the press. Uh, it's just really talking to people, you know, and, and on social media too, just encouraging people to really love themselves. I, you know, I think we don't get, give ourselves enough credit, especially men. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to open up our feelings, I guess. There is this taboo in terms of the cheesiness when we say we love ourselves, especially as a man. But I think, you know, it is so necessary just to to kind of say that to ourselves, you know, whether that's through affirmations, whether that's through writing down, whether that's through engaging in conversations with other people. I think, you know, it, it's something that needs to be reiterated. I mean, I mean, what do you think as a as a, as a fellow man? Mm. Um, what's your thoughts? I think, cause, yeah, there's a lot in there to, to look at. And I think the key thing for me is I think when we're talking about all of the stuff that you've just mentioned from um, kind of being kind to yourself, considering your intake um, is is kind of the male identity, isn't it? I think feels like the biggest thing, the biggest challenge, the biggest change. Um, I think that's there, the idea of kind of um, being kind or compassionate to yourself, to reflecting potentially on some of your needs, um, I think can be really, really challenging for for the male identity this um identity that well we can, we can talk about it and it can sound dated and it can sound traditional and old-fashioned and yet it is still very much what people are kind of set to as a default male identity i think is this idea that you're the the strong person you're the provider you are the one that facilitates other things happening um and if you are struggling with something or needs that reassurance or um are talking about kind of your own self-care or loving yourself that's perceived as like a weakness of vulnerability of potentially being feminine and I think there's just a lot of those those things that we can sit and we could talk and we can write them down and go it's very old-fashioned I don't think that anymore or um, these are things that people just don't think this way I think there's still a vast majority of of the population um that that perceive male identity in that way and it's not just always men as well it can be um, people of other genders perceive um, a male in a certain way and I think it's it's re-evaluating that isn't it and and re-educating ourselves on um, what people need to to live their best life um, of of what it means to actually look after yourself of actually is that facilitating you being able to do more being able to to care or give more you need to look after yourself as well I think there's there's so much for me there's so much wrapped in that idea of identity um and that can be triggered or damaged by so many different things um and I think having certain illnesses certain certain struggles certain symptoms um changes in employment relationships house situation I think are all things that again lead into that idea of a struggle or a challenge 
with our identity and so are a kind of massive those that it just feels like that's the all-encompassing thing for me i think yeah that's right you know i always i always say i am a work in progress you know these things don't happen overnight and i'm still working at myself Mm. to this day you know and i think we're all works in progress that we take those baby steps and we're just on the right path and i think that that's the key thing is that we're at least all on the right path of trying to be better um Mm. better at sort of accepting ourselves and nurturing ourselves and in terms of the self-care um because you know as you say in order to spread love to other people you know you have to be content and love who you are Mm. um and i think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day and that's just something that it's one of those things you know we talk about that we we all know deep down but we don't put it into practice mm. and it's just that constant reminder that we you know we have to make actual steps to do that um because we can get so caught up in life and other people's sort of problems and issues and other people's lives that we forget the things that are sort of disrupting our own and sort of causing us pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the couple of times that you've mentioned the idea of kind of um, developing ourselves, essentially educating ourselves. And I think that's where, in my mind, there's that gap of, I think, for the most part, we we talk and we work on kind of public awareness. And that's great. And that, that needs to continue to happen because I think, Every moment, every day is the first time someone is discovering this is a challenge for them. Um, so awareness is really important, but a lot of people already have an awareness of. They are aware eating disorders, depression, whatever else is is something that people are affected by. But our education as to how that happens, as to how we can support, um, I think is the thing that still feels like it's it's really lacking. Um, that if if I was in a situation where I'm struggling with something do I really have the education to support myself and get myself um some support or get myself out of that situation um and I would say like I feel informed around I have my own experience with depression and I've had um different forms of like counseling and therapy to support that so I feel like I'm educated in that now but I'm only educated because I got to that kind of that crisis point and needed professional services to kind of give me some help for for someone that's potentially affected by by symptoms maybe they've not been diagnosed with a condition um maybe they're kind of keeping this to themselves I think that's that for me still feels that that's the part that we are missing a little bit is the education so um when there's opportunities to have conversations like this to mention as you mentioned earlier um kind of your book and other resources as well i think that's really important to say great if someone has become a bit more interested or a bit more aware that as part of this conversation or or others that's great but if you are interested do try and kind of educate yourself find out a little bit more um and I think that's really important. And I felt like that came across earlier when you were talking about kind of having that information about kind of the nutrition, the the the, the exercise and different things like that. And having that insight of how that can support you and how you can use that um, and kind of balancing that off against um, kind of some of those potentially unhealthy 
desires or thoughts within that that education changes that doesn't it yeah do you know what's funny mike it's uh i found that everything kind of is very linear in terms of what i went through that although i had self-esteem and i was uncomfortable with my looks is that once i started to really educate myself on nutrition and that eating the right things to really kind of aspire to look like what i wanted to look like um and also look after my my body internally you know when i was eating the right things and i would notice that actually my skin was getting better and then in turn you know when my skin was getting better i was feeling better about myself when i was starting to you know get more leaner i was feeling better so then i was more confident in myself so all of those things kind of play into each other all these different insecurities i had kind of starting at the beginning and thinking if i eat the right things the next thing is going to follow on from that you know what i mean it's it's mm. like a domino effect that I was I, I didn't like the way my face looked, um, you know, that I had acne. Um, but when I, I didn't like that, I had, you know, excess sort of weight or skinny arms. But when I started eating properly and really being aware of the things I was eating and what they were doing for my body and educating myself on how to be healthy, everything else naturally followed. And then the end result was that my self-esteem did increase because I felt more comfortable in in what I looked like. I think there's it feels to me that it's that balance isn't there and it would be different for everyone where we talk about sure yeah of um, course. like certain activities or certain foods because um I also think again we probably we very loosely have touched on this so that there are certain things that we would describe as maybe um unhealthy I think unhealthy foods is probably a more accepted one of like you, we would have seen campaigns traditionally won't we that you know you need to have your five a day of, of fruit and veg and stuff and um like burgers and sausages and pizza is not great um but it's also acknowledging the behavior around those isn't it of having that balance with those healthy foods and also recognizing there might be certain behaviors around um say like you maybe once a week you go out with your family or your well maybe not at the moment but um you would you <laughs> were <laughs> not going anywhere um you would go out with family or grandparents to go and have like a slice of cake or something like that and actually the behavior um the kind of the actions around that bit of food are really important and really feel um support your well-being your your support network and um it's sometimes more complicated than just saying don't have that that's bad it's about recognizing as you were sort of saying the impacts of these foods and so we realize actually going out for that bit of cake is really really good it supports my well-being but it might also mean that then later on i need to make sure that i'm i'm kind of balancing that out with other other things um it's it's not as simple as saying don't ever do that or don't have those things no exactly and that is that i hold my hands up that was my pitfall you know, before is that when I decided I was going to completely change my diet, I cut out everything and, you know, chips and cake was complete taboo. And mm. I would beat myself up if I had if I had a slice of cake, because I would think, you know, all of that progress I've made, I've now completely ruined it. Um, and that would be my mindset at the time. And now, you know, like you said, it really is about balance. It really is about well-being and how you feel, you know, that I can now go into a restaurant and I can order whatever I want and I can eat mm. it, but just know that I need to compensate for that by 
you know, being good the next day or going to the gym and working out a little bit harder. Um, you know, I don't need to d- deny myself of anything in life. And that is, that's what makes me happy, you know, the knowing that I can have whatever I want, but mm. I just have to put in a little bit more work the next day, um, which I don't mind, you know, if I get to eat what I want, then I don't mm. mind spending an extra 10, 15 minutes on the treadmill. Yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, to some extent, being quite timely, I'm, uh, I would say up until about four years ago, maybe, I was not a big fizzy drink drinker. Um, that's a harder sentence to say than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I just suddenly got into the habit of, of drinking fizzy drinks. And I would say up until um, probably this, the Christmas that we've just had, I'd got to the stage where I was drinking two or three a day um and it didn't feel like it was making a massive impact but realizing actually this is something that I've very rarely consumed in the past and is now a daily routine and something that I kind of I feel like I really need um I'm now on I think I'm on like week eight or nine of only having fizzy drinks on Friday Saturday and Sunday and that's good that's good well done for me thank you I feel I do feel quite good about it um (laughs) I know that there will be a day in the future when I maybe want to have a fizzy drink at lunch and it's like being okay with this is not like a hard and fast rule I don't I won't have failed if I have a fizzy drink at lunchtime it's knowing that this change that I've made that I wanted to make is allowing me to enjoy those occasions when I feel like actually now I, I would like to have a fizzy drink with lunch on a Tuesday. Okay, that's fine because it's balanced out now by the fact that that's a rarity and it's not happening every day. So it's having that balance and I think identifying kind of, I guess, to some extent why you want to make those changes as well. Yeah, that's right. It is It is just knowing that, and, and I say, you know, we shouldn't, input diets into our life it should be about lifestyle and Mm. lifestyle doesn't really mean that we should restrict ourselves you know it's about managing what we eat and drink Um, and like you say you know just just having the fizzy drinks on the weekends but if you fancy one in the week then Mm. have one in the week you know and then perhaps you can not have one on a Friday because you Mm. have one on the week and it's just about that balance um you know really understanding our bodies and you know our mindsets and you know if we're going to have a fizzy drink then I won't have one this day and Mm. you know and just being okay and open to change and adapting that if you have to go out for a friend's birthday meal when we can that Mm. you can order whatever you want on the menu and not feel guilty about it because then that's where it does lead to sort of our minds taking us to places that we don't want to go yeah and I think it feels obviously you've experienced your your own journey there with with kind of experiencing that and and learning and and changing how you um kind of support and care for yourself was there was there kind of a moment where like where you sort of went actually I I do need to or I do want to change the way I I treat myself and I think about my body in that way yeah I think you know it became probably maybe around 10 years ago and I saw a photograph of myself and I was you know I was very skinny and sort of I could see my ribs and I thought this is 
totally not like what I wanted to look like. Um, and I thought, well, okay, whatever I've been doing is certainly not working. And, you know, I was lucky enough in this, the instance that I decided, you know, I'm really going to invest my time and energy to try and find out how to look after myself. Because in the photograph, when I saw myself, I, I looked ill. And I wanted to invest the time to really look after myself and find out the right foods to be eating and the exercise that I should be doing and how that complements each other. So I invested that time to educate myself. Mm. And I think one of the hardest things, again, which is why I sort of launched my website in terms of the nutrition platform, is there's so many resources out online that it can be quite daunting when there's so many different websites telling you all these different things and all these different methods to lose weight and all these different ideas on how to be healthy. And it can be very consuming. You know, where do you turn to? And what I've wanted to share is what has worked for me. And that's why we've sort of launched TommyHatto.com and talked about the nutrition platform in terms of we don't look at diets. We don't look at calorie counting. We look more at the nutrition that food gives you because like I said, and I go back, is that, you know, some of the foods we eat does impact our skin, you know, it impacts our hair, it impacts our energy, and kind of leads on to other insecurities that people may have about themselves. And that's what we just want to educate people on, for them to make their own decisions, you know, we're not telling you what you need to eat mm. on a Monday or a Tuesday. And if you don't stick to that, then, you know, you've, you know, ruined your diet you've ruined mm. your plan we just want to give people the ammunition and the education to think okay you know if i'm eating fish or i'm eating these types of vegetables what's that going to give me and then i can plan that into my own week yeah it's being aware isn't it sometimes it's not um like you say if you're able to make adaptions or, or changes later on to balance that out or also just being aware like i know that um if I, you know, if I went out and had a takeaway, I'm probably going to love it at the time. And then later that day or the next day, I'm not going to feel particularly great about that. But it's that balance, isn't it, of, of just knowing that, of being educated about that allows you to make that informed decision. And I think for me, that's where that's that gap between the awareness and the education of awareness would just be these foods have a negative impact on you or these activities have a negative impact on you. The education is, as you're saying, actually, this is this is this is what it can do to your mood, to your energy, to your to your skin or to your hair. Um, and then that you're aware that, you know, what? OK, yep, I'm, I'm OK with having one of those things, but I'm not going to have five or ten of them um, because this is the impact it's going to have. And I think that allows people to make those informed decisions, then, doesn't it? Rather than it's I'm not having this because Tommy's told me I'm not allowed it. It's actually Tommy's told me it's going to have this impact, but I'm allowed to have it if I want to. And I think that that kind of informed decision making process, I guess, um, is really important initially. And then kind of forwarding on from that, if there are some of those things, again, being informed on places that you can go to for a bit of support if you're struggling with making those decisions yourself. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I think. You know, we still have to maintain some sort of power and control in, in navigating our own lives. So any ammunition, education, support that other people can provide in order for us to control our lives mm. is is going to be welcomed. 
Yeah, so we've mentioned uh, obviously a couple of different resources and we're kind of coming towards the end of our time today. So it'd be really interesting to me if you were able to um, kind of mention if if someone is interested in finding out a little bit more about yourself, about um, the, the book coming out later this year or some of the other resources that you feel might be useful. Where, where are some of the places that people can go to, to find out about you in those projects? So people can contact me on social media at Tommy Hatto. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, send me a message. I'm more than happy to speak with people. I love hearing people's stories and sharing experiences. Um, you can go to my website, tommyhatto.com. You can take a look at our nutrition library. It is free to use. It gives you so many, such great content in terms of a library of recipes and it tells you about the foods and what you're eating and the benefits that it gives to you. Um, and also you can pre-order my book online at the website as well. So the book is called In This Skin. Um, and like I said, hopefully it comes out at the end of this year and you can pre-order it now. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on and giving us your time, Tommy, and for sharing your personal experience with, with um, some of those conditions and also just your lived experience in a range of different fields and in your knowledge. So thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing that. No, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for having me. It's been great to talk to you. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>